we could just solve all our problems, we could just cast Jason Statham as John Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> Crank three, Constantine. <laughs> Maybe there's a Godzilla sequel. Oh, mate, you don't. You're not. You're not prepared for the sequel, honestly. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt, you are. You're gonna lose your mind. It's not Crank, is it? <laughs> it's not. Crank. <laughs> Hashtag not Crank. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Movie Ranked, brought to you by the Angry Microwave. I'm Brad, and with me, as always, is Callum. Callum, how are you doing today? I'm I'm well, thanks. I'm very excited for this episode because it's three movies that I have not seen before, so I've watched them for the first time this week. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm bringing us these films. Is Richard Sandling, comedian, um, director, writer, VHS what? enthusiast, and more importantly, our first guest with a Wikipedia page. yes yeah how how are you today richard i'm very well thank you very well i've had the uh i've i had i had my got vaccinated yesterday uh so i'm now uh just a little bit woozy but i'm sure that won't affect my judgment on my film uh uh, you know so hopefully bill gates will agree with all my uh Well, if it makes you feel better, Richard, I wish I was woozy watching half of these films we're about to talk about today. Um, but anyway, yeah. it's my gift to you. Yeah. Um, so shall we um, take a look? Uh, Richard, you haven't seen the um, the current, well, the first 20 films that we have spoken about. Um, shall we take a look at that list now? It's going to take a look. Now, as a guest, uh, guest with us today, you get the uh, power to move one of these films up or down two places if you sell, uh, shall wish. So I'll quickly go through these films quickly. At number one, we have Room, followed by Mission Impossible Fallout, School of Rock, Booksmart, Wayne's World, Happy Death Day, The Meg, uh, Soul, Midsummer, and El Camino is our top 10. And then we have Gemini Man, Ready Player One, Batman and Robin, First Man, Anna, the, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse, uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon, uh, The Kid Who Would Be King, Zombieland, Double Tap, Hubie Halloween, and The Personal History of David Copperfield. So those are the first 20 movies that we have spoken about. Um, it's such a mixed bag. I'm sure you'll agree that there's no rhyme or reason um, to the genres uh, of these films. Um, so with the uh, with the power that you have, what are your first impressions and what would you like to move? Well, I think, I mean, I you know, it all seems... Uh, I mean, it all seems quite reasonable. Wow. Uh, I, <laughs> I find it, I mean, I, the thing is, I haven't seen the uh, David Copperfield movie. So I, I feel like that's one I should go, that can't be bottom. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, right, that was a travesty, but I haven't seen it. So I feel like perhaps that's an overreaction. But I have, having not seen it, I can't, uh, I can't honestly say. <laughs> it's just, just going to make me feel really mean-spirited. Uh, if I uh, choose it, because I suppose uh, I like all of it. If it was up to me, I'd probably, uh, what would I make? <laughs> um, I would probably, can I see the bottom list again just quickly? Yep. You can go up two, can they? You can go up two? You can, you can go up two spaces. Okay. Well, I think of all the ones that I think seem to be unfairly maligned, uh, I would move Hubie Halloween up to. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. okay. Like, yeah, I can see that. Like, you know, like well, the ones I've seen, obviously, I haven't seen all those films. Like, full disclosure, I never. I'm not one of those people who pretends to have seen everything. <laughs> That's uh, good. 
That's good. Yeah. Um, so we're moving Hubie Halloween, if this is your final decision, above <laughs> Zombieland Double Tap and above the kid who would be king. Yes. Well, so going back to one of our earlier episodes, this was actually the first film, one of the first films we spoke about um, on this show, and it went straight in at the bottom, and it's been there since last week, and now it's had the joy of going from last. <laughs> now it's, it's working its way up. All the good ones on that list are good. It seems like a moot point to sort of argue the toss over, like whether it should be five or six or seven in the list. Do you know what I mean? Like it seemed like yeah. UB Halloween just seemed a little bit like that's, not it's just not that bad a film it's <laughs> interesting it's, 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 it's what i like to think it's like my review of most films are that was fine <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make for an exciting podcast yeah. <laughs> Which, maybe Bradley, that was fine <laughs> so you're maybe the first guest that hasn't actually mentioned how high up the list uh the meg is or how uh, low down soul is you went straight in with hubie halloween yeah. and yeah, said yeah. no you know what boys that's <laughs> not the worst film of all time let's move that bad boy up i appreciate that i'm sure david copperfield isn't either but i haven't seen it <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'm not just saying that because it's a good you know it's, it's a good film in like inverted commas but uh mm. i would say just from the just i mean the thing about bad films is most bad films are not that bad if they've got a bit of like oomph to them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really, yeah. it's the ones where you're just like, this is really by the numbers and everyone's throwing it in. That's when it's a bad, that's when I'm angry. You know, if it's something like Hubie Halloween, where even though it is like part of an Adam Sandler contractual obligation, for Netflix, <laughs> yeah. like, he's got like, there's loads of, you know, the cameos are amusing. It's basically a Christmas movie for Halloween. It's like, it's great. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, like it's basically it's about trying to be elf for Halloween. That's what it's trying to be. I mean, in fact, on that regard, but <laughs> it's a kind-hearted Halloween Christmas holiday movie. It's like you yeah. know, and it's Adam Sandler being sort of charming, charming. Oh my god! Now you now you've sold it to me as a made-for-TV Christmas film. I'm starting to respect it a bit more <laughs> yeah, now. See? Yeah, this what happens with this podcast. We get our minds changed you all the time. <laughs> Well, so there we go. We now have Hubie Halloween in at number 17, up from 19. Um, I'm already getting a hot flush at this show. I'm wondering what the, what the, uh, the list is going to look like um, uh, by the end. Uh, Callum, should we go straight into um, the first film that we are talking about today? Um, should, I, um, should I go first or should we let the guests go first on this week's? It's up to you. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> um <laughs> this is <laughs> I really don't like this. <laughs> um there's there's um um Richard, it's the first time we're meeting. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Um fuck you for making me watch this film. <laughs> um so uh, um so I, I watched this and one thing I can't complain about, and I've already wasted 30 seconds, I've said nothing yet. Um, <laughs> the one thing I do appreciate about this film is that it is it goes by so quickly. For a film that I didn't like, it's got pace and it, it just goes. Um, even though I thought it was way too choppy, I mean, it didn't feel like it was wasting my time um, because it was just like, next scene, move, move. Get through your dialogue, go, 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 go. Um, for me, this just felt like a feature length film of something I'd see on the Film Right YouTube channel. Um, just aesthetically, it didn't really, it, it kind of bothered me slightly, but you can't hate a film for aesthetics. Um, but it's it's quick, but painful. Okay, Richard, <laughs> do, you, do you want to take it away, retaliation? I, I mean, that's mostly, mostly valid points, to be honest. I mean, that's 100% exactly my feelings on it. But that's the thing that's about it. It's like, 
Uh, my my thoughts are it's quite a sort of middling movie. It's like it's basically for me it's between two stools. If you don't know, it's basically um, Escape from Earth. Uh, and in fact, I think John Carpenter actually successfully sued them, saying this is basically Escape from. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically um, there's a space prison and Guy Pearce has got to go and rescue the president's daughter uh, who's on a humanitarian mission and is um, sort of just massively unpleasant even though it's like, in a way that's supposed to be like hard nails like she, she, she's tough and resilient but she just seems awful the whole time <laughs> um, the thing about it is, is that nothing really is explained nothing makes any sense but like I I don't hate it, but I feel like I also should, I feel like I should have liked it more or less, but I don't, and I find it quite confusing. <laughs> okay. Great summary, by the way. So I'm probably in between both of you. I was, um, it was one of those films where I had to go on Wikipedia to kind of read up the plot synopsis about 20 minutes in, because I was like, I don't understand who's who at this point. Um, in, term, in terms of, w would I watch this again? Probably not. I'll probably go and watch Escape Plan if I wanted to go and watch a prison space film because I, I I love Escape Plan. I think it's one of the best kind of like B movies. And if that's a B movie, this is probably going to be about an M movie, like like quite <laughs> like yeah, quite a few levels below. But um, I was half expecting um, it turns like an alien kind of film. Never did that. I was kind of expecting like a xenomorph s character to pop out. Doesn't do that at all. Um, I thought Guy Pearce was quite good in it. I don't think I've seen many films with Guy Pearce in, but I thought he was all right. But it, weirdly, I remember this being the last film at Blockbuster before it closed down. And I feel like that's where it belongs, being on like a Blockbuster shelf that nobody's picked up. I feel like that is definitely where this film belongs for me. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing... Yeah. No, please. Well, I was going to say, because like, I watched it, because I was like, I want, because I like, you know, I, it's one of those movies where what's disappointing about it is is that I like every kind of everyone in it and everyone to do with it and the idea of it. I love it. <laughs> but it just isn't very good. So it's like, well, I can't, you know, so you kind of go, I should like this. It's basically Guy Pierce, who's great, being a grumpy, snake pitty, special forces future guy. I'm going to go to save the. But it's like, the whole thing is like, why is she really, you know, on a mission? And then there's like, <laughs> thing, but then everyone escapes. And then all of a sudden, like, they're behind this guy. And he's not really like the leader. And it's like, why have they all escaped? And how did they know to escape? But it's all a little yeah. bit like, <laughs> but I kind of like the fact that it doesn't spend ages trying to explain what's going on. But yeah. at the same time, you're like, when it all finishes, you kind of go, I just feel like I don't know why any of that <laughs> happened. Or yeah. like, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost, Films are way, way, way too long, but I feel like it needed to be a bit longer just to sort of like have it make sense, which is something I never, never think a film should be longer. No matter how 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 short your film is, it can be shorter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I think the thing for me is how it was so heavy handed, where it's like being institutionalized is bad guys, right? Prison's bad. It, it, it was very much like it causes anger. People shouldn't be in prison, but it's so heavy handed thinking it's really smart having this political message behind it. And it just didn't like there was no gravitas behind it. It just felt like they, they thought it'd be really smart to have this message behind and it just didn't need that. It could have just been a dumb movie throughout because it isn't smart than what it thinks it is. I appreciate that when they were making this film, they clearly didn't have the budget for some of the 100% CGI chase sequences that happened at the beginning of the film, but they had the balls to say, you know what, we'll do it anyway. 
you know it's <laughs> I, when we were just um putting the graphics up um for, for this just before we went live I had to double check that this film was made in 2012 because honestly, it just some of the graphics in this, it feels like it's it feels like it was made before um, Constantine, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later on. Um, it, I think it's on that level uh, when it comes to the early 2000s graphics. Um, but again, I don't think I can hate a film just because of the, the budget they did or didn't have or because of the graphics. Um, but I think I am a bit in, indifferent. I say that I, I hate this film. I mean, I just didn't have a pleasant time watching it, but I wouldn't say that it's, it's not like a Zombieland double tap where I felt disappointed um, coming out of it. Because I think by the trailer, you know what you're getting yourself into. It was watchable um, and... as well. The whole thing was watchable. I, I never like looked at my clock and thought, oh, it's, it's taking ages to get through now. I was like, I was watching it the whole way through. I didn't look at my phone while watching it. So to give it props for that, it is watchable. Well, that's the thing. That's why we go. It's like you're talking about it, and you're sort of trying to convince yourself that you enjoyed it, and it was good. It was, like, but it, but it wasn't. But also, it wasn't terrible. It's just everything sort of didn't work, but they properly went for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And also, it's the sort of film that could easily have worked really well. Do you know what I mean? Like, you think of, I mean, I know Luke Besson didn't direct it, and it's like it's all part of his sort of school of sort of foreign, like you know. France, Hollywood France thing he's trying yeah. to do. Hmm. Make Hollywood movies in France because that's the sort of movies you can't do. And you kind of think, like, well, imagine like imagine trying to explain Taken to people if that hadn't been the if that hadn't have worked. <laughs> so Liam Neeson, who's like 55, <laughs> is now an action star. And he's got to rescue his daughter from slave, like white slave. You know, you've got to go, if it, it's only because it worked that it yeah. worked. It's a bit like this. Yeah. If this, this, this had worked, you'd be going, oh my God, have you seen this really great space like Escape from New York movie? Mm-hmm. Well, that's but it why, does, yeah. you know what I mean? So you can't hate it, but it's not good. That's why it's weird. <laughs> it, it feels yeah. like a film that's about three sequels down the line. And I, and yeah. I, want, and I want to go back and see the, like, yeah. like the original <laughs> film it was based on. That's what I want to watch after watching this. This is like the one where Guy Pierce comes back because he's realised he could actually do with the sequel money. Like, yes, this yes. Is like, yeah, before, yeah. Where comes back and then dies at the beginning. Like it's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> the spot on that. Uh, shall we take a look at the list to see where lockout uh, fits in? Now, are we looking at the top fourteen or are we looking at the, <laughs> I mean, the back end? It's, it's a bit well, optimistic I mean, to look at this. I mean, it seems it's. I mean, it feels like it shouldn't be. I mean, it's weird because it's like some of those films that I'm like, it's definitely better than that. But then that puts it very close to films. It's definitely not better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is why this podcast is a flawed concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's definitely better than, you know. Um, I mean, I think it's. I mean. Is it better than Newbie Halloween? <laughs> I mean, I you know it is, but I, I feel like, but now I feel like I've been talked myself into liking Hubie Halloween. But... <laughs> uh, I don't know. So we... I, I think it's like... definitely on this page. I'm feeling like it's on this page. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's got to be above. It's got to be above. I think maybe it's above Anna and the Apocalypse. You think it's above Anna and the Apocalypse? Yeah. So maybe it's like first one on the bottom list. So number 14, so that would put it right underneath First Man. Um, <laughs> Two very different films. Batman, I'm thinking more of the <laughs> Batman and Robin vibe. You know what I mean? I'm thinking like, it's can't, you know, it's not up there with, it's not, it's, it's not you know, if you get put it above Batman and Robin, which it 
technically could be, but then you're talking about top 10 material, which it isn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm just going to take Batman and rub it on the chin and put it above Anna and the Apocalypse. The thing is, if we, if we pull it above first, man, I feel like Bradley may just quit this Zoom here. here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's better than First Man, but it's definitely better than a film that's above First Man on the list. <laughs> I, I think with Batman and Robin, I think it's arguably a, a, it's a poor and made film in almost every aspect, maybe. Um, but I at least laugh, if not with the movie, I laugh at it. Mm. Um, whereas with this, uh, at some parts, I was like, oh, that, "That's you know, that is interesting," and I do admire some parts of it, especially with the budget um, restraints of what they were trying to do. Um, uh, for me, Anna and the Apocalypse is—I at least appreciated like the musical elements of that. With this, as it's a, an action movie, did I appreciate the the action elements of it? Perhaps not. <laughs> um, so for me, I think it goes below um, Anna and the. Um, apocalypse um, but I don't know I mean does this Hubie Halloween <laughs> does it go above or below <laughs> Hubie Halloween I didn't think I'd be suffering up right Callum help me out what are you thinking oh, I, I think so I think it's either above or below Anna and the Apocalypse for me personally I, I did not think that Anna and the Apocalypse was going to be was going to be an option. Um, I thought it was going to be way below Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, what are you feeling, Richard? But what's... Are you feeling above or below, Anna? Um, no. <laughs> I feel like, you know what? I sort of feel like it should go above it, but I also feel like Anna and the Apocalypse like, definitely wasn't made on the same like level footing in terms <laughs> of like resources to knock out. So I feel for that regard, it maybe should go below it because I think you've got to give Anna and the Apocalypse, you know, brownie points for, uh, A for effort, that sounds patronising, but you know what I mean? Like it's a low budget, yeah. it's a low budget movie and they pulled off something, you know, they did it. So I think <laughs> that yeah. regard, maybe below, yeah, let's go below, let's go below Anna and the Apocalypse. Okay. So that was um, at number 16. So we're going above uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, I don't really care about I'm that film. I'm going to say above Peanut Butter Falcon just because there's nothing worse than a film that takes itself too seriously but doesn't hit home. This film, for all of its flaws, did not take itself <laughs> seriously whatsoever. Um, okay, so it's going in at number 16, um, below Annie and the Apocalypse and above Peanut Butter Falcon. Yes. Okay, I think that feels about right. I, th I think... I feel like justice has been served. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, a, a note to, to anyone who's planning on making uh, a, a B, you know, a, a B movie of, of any of any stature, just pacing is so important. I think if this film was even 10 minutes, I know you, I know what you said, Richard, about, you know, <laughs> films can always be can always be shorter. This film was I wouldn't even say it was tight because it was just so choppy, <laughs> but it, it just made it bearable at the very least. And some of the films on this list were less so for me. So should we go and take a look at the list? 21 films now. 21 so. films. Yes, so there we go. Well, that hasn't been touched, thankfully. That's what <laughs> I was worried about. <laughs> uh, so lock out there, just below Anna and the Apocalypse. And then the movie to fall out of the top 20 was The Personal History of David Copperfield. Um, God, that's getting a proper riding on this show, isn't it? Oh, I almost feel no, sorry for I'm it. I'm devastated. I'm sorry for it. I haven't seen it. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched it. But... Okay, so next up today, we are talking about Crank, uh, the 2006 
film. Um, Callum, why don't you go first on this one? I really enjoyed this film. I was dreading watching this film, but this is this is the kind of film Jason Statham should be doing more of. He like it's it's the perfect naughty kind of like weirdly Cockney, but set in LA. Don't I? I just like how we all just appreciate and never question this Cockney guy being in all these different countries. Just like it's Jason Statham, he can be wherever he wants to be. But um, it's it's it is one of those films where it's probably cheesy, but I feel like it knows what it is. There's no. I think my problem with Hobbs and Shaw that came out a few years ago was it tried to be too like plot driven and kind of like too narrative-y rather than this is just like all balls to the wall action it's silly it's stupid there's some stuff that probably shouldn't be in a film in 2021 but if it like it's 2006 so it's fine it's just it, it, it's a good it's a it's a good ride and the editing is so over the top but again i appreciate it i have no idea where i'm gonna place it in this list because i really enjoyed my time with it but it's not a good film but i really enjoyed it so i have no idea where this is gonna go <laughs> Uh, we'll let Richard go uh, go next on this one. Wow. Uh, Crank is one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> it's a genre-defining piece of cinema, and Jason Statham is the greatest actor currently working in motion pictures. Uh, if you don't know what Crank is, uh, if you've seen the film Speed, where the bus can't slow down, uh, Jason Statham is the bus. Uh, he's poisoned. Uh, it just starts, it gets up, he's poisoned, he's out the door. Literally two minutes the film starts, he's been poisoned. If his adrenaline drops, his heart, he has to keep his adrenaline up, otherwise his, his, his arteries clog. Uh, it is a smart, what we have today in all cinema, the plague of cinema is uh, smart films for idiots which uh, ruins cinema. This is a dumb film by smart people. Uh, this is much better. Uh, it knows what it is. It's just basically, uh, he is a Mexican, uh, it's a Cockney Mexican assassin called Chen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Bradley, I'm sorry to see what you think of this film. <laughs> uh, this film, it's interesting because when um, I went back and watched this, um, I'm joking, I didn't go back and watch this because I've seen this film so many times because it's in the top 10. This movie is such a good movie and Richard, everything he just said, except for, except for him being the, you know, in the, <laughs> one of the best actors working today, we'll let that slide. Um, but it's, it, this, it, honestly, this film knows exactly what it is. Stylistically, I just, I, I'm just in love with it. It's got such a, I felt like, in a movie like this, what it has to do is it has to make you feel like you, you've got the adrenaline that the character it has, right? And just, it, it blows my mind. Um, and the fact there's only been three of these movies uh, is... Wait, there's we, more? We'll talk about... There's more? Oh, oh is there more? Can, oh, my <laughs> word. Um, but, uh, but I love this movie. I, I do. I think it fits in, for me, it, I think it fits in above El Camino at number 10. Oh. Wow. So I... Should we take a look at the list? Because now I'm worried about how high it's going to go. <laughs> I mean, there is no, there is, there is, I mean, you have to invent new numbers, frankly. <laughs> it is genuinely, in years to come, we should recognise this, like The Matrix, like The French Connection, like Die Hard, as a, as a like an actual, as a milestone in like cinematic genre. Like, <laughs> a touchstone. It's genuinely a masterpiece of cinema. Is it in the Criterion Collection yet? That's what we need it to should, ask. No, but it should, that's the point. It should be. I mean, you know, this, this is, this is, is genuinely like an amazing there is nothing like everything they do you're like that's exactly correct <laughs> like, the thing is like 
There's no need, because if this is a film, they don't spend, you spend 40 minutes before he does anything establishing why he's a hitman, why he's in a life, <laughs> why he's doing this, how's he split up with this. No, don't do that. We don't need that. He goes, you're right, we don't need that. Whereas in Lockout, we needed that. In this, they've done that bit probably where they've gone, we don't need that, don't matter. Let's just get on with it. I did and love just, this, yeah. Just, just say, wakes up, he's poisoned, he's out the door, and it just doesn't stop. And then, <laughs> like, and even when you watch it, you go... How are they going to make a sequel? Given that they, you know, spoilers, they can't make a sequel. They do. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, all I want is the third. I just want a third one. Just want a third one. But um, was there not? There was a third one, wasn't there? No, that's the transporter. I think you're. Uh, oh, is it? What's the, what's the one where there's the Godzilla and the? Um... That's, the that's Crank Two. Oh, up. is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, there's a Godzilla sequel. Oh, mate, you don't. You're not. You're not prepared for the sequel, honestly. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt, you are. Gonna, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the third one. I think basically, it's very much like Lockout. It should be Chev Chelios in space. Uh, <laughs> he, has to, he has to spend the entire film on fire. Why wasn't uh, Why wasn't Hobson Shaw just? That's what we want. Why wasn't Hobson Shaw just Jason Statham from this versus Jason Statham from Fast and Furious? That's why a film I'd want. Just Jason Statham. That's what I want to know. He's <laughs> <laughs> in every film. Just Jason Statham. That just was... put. He's the, you know what? I mean, joking as like say all joking aside, he's the only actor where I've seen, I've genuinely seen every single one of his films. <laughs> probably, possibly more talented, but. Uh, I haven't seen all their films. I've seen every single Jason Statham film and uh, most of them in the cinema. Uh, Wait, even the- I must say, all these films had a cinema release. It's news to me. Yeah, well, not all of them. But, like, <laughs> uh, I don't think in the name of a king, a dungeon siege drama. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I watched it. <laughs> I read all the king. It's great. Let's <laughs> go down, just go down pound line and get it off the one pound DVD shelf. The whole Jason Statham collection. I mean, all, I mean, most of them are available to stream. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, as part of your packages. <laughs> uh, one thing I'd say about uh, about this film, for me, I'm not a fan of uh, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, there's just something about his films that don't quite hit for me. When I'm watching this, I feel like what I get from this is what some people get from Robert Rodriguez. Um, just with the, the style and the action and just how bombastic every second of this is. I mean, he, he can't even stand still having a conversation in this film. It's just always like, you know, it's, I can imagine what it's like having a conversation with Scorsese. It's just like just jittering all the time. Um, <laughs> but I'd, I absolutely love this. And if we can take a look at the list for a second, for a bit of context here, Richard, uh, we had a guest come on the show whose favorite film of all time was The Meg. Um, our favorite film of all time is not The Meg, um, but uh, it's it's high up the list because when you've got someone who's got a favorite film of all time and we kind of found it okay, you, you have to have some kind of compromise. <laughs> um, and what I'm saying here is, Callum, um, you're, I think you're, you're, <laughs> your, your worst nightmare is going to come true. This is going to go, for me, I don't know about you, Richard, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be in the top 10, but for me, it has to be top 10. Uh, yeah. I just think it's great. Everything, every second of this, I'm just in love with. Yeah. yeah, and also it's interesting because uh, if you look at the top ten, there's like other, it's difficult to compare it to some of the films. You compare it to Room. Well, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if ever a film would have been improved by Jason Statham being in it, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that could be like maybe that's maybe that could be like a pre. If you think of Room as a prequel to Crank, uh, <laughs> or maybe. Grows up, and becomes... yeah. The kid grows up to be it. <laughs> <That'd> be great. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's difficult because I feel like I feel like for me, I would put it like number one, but I know that's, like, that's quite unreasonable. But also, I think if we're going to be objective, um, object, you know, objective, where you have to sort of weigh up the pros and cons of the other movies, um, I think maybe uh, just below. I think maybe. Um, I suppose if we look at Be Fresh, I'm, I'm travelling, but I think probably <laughs> I would say possibly six below Wayne's World. Okay. Because you can't really compare it to Booksmart. Booksmart's great. And you can't really compare it to School of Rock and School of Rock's great. Initially impossible because it has the budget, but does the, does like the crank thing with style and finesse in a way which is mm-hmm. just incredible. I mean, it's, not, it's like, you know, it's the 27th Mission Impossible movie. So, <laughs> like, originality. But there's so much great stuff in the Mission Impossible movie, particularly yeah. for that I feel like, even though I'm saying this is like the greatest one ever made, I think if you're going to put it on that list, I think it would be shitty to uh, put it above Wayne's World <laughs> and the other <laughs> one compare it to. But I think it can go above, can go above Happy Death Day, and the, it can go above the Meg. I mean, no disrespect to the person like <laughs> uh, that is not that is not that is not that is not the most that is not the most Statham for your for your buck. <laughs> <laughs> Do we now start like a spin-off podcast where we just rate all the Statham films? Yeah, I think so. We must do, <laughs> yeah. Has Richard already um, done this and we don't know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so uh, so so Callum, um where where are you where are you thinking? So I may get it's above the mech for me. I wasn't I I enjoyed Mech for what it was. I have no strong feelings about it. Happy Death Day, I think, is a is a really concise, good film though. So I don't know where if it goes above or below Happy Death Day, because I think I think I Happy Death Day is the better made film. Don't shoot me, Richard. But I think I may have had more fun with with this film. So uh, I really don't know if it's above or below Happy Death Day. I mean, it's no disrespect to Happy Death Day because I I you know it's, it's great. Like Happy Death Day is great, but it's not crank. <laughs> <laughs> No, so for me, I think the reason Happy Death Day is so high up there is because that's that feels like my baby. That's the one from I think one of the first weeks. I've just I've I've always tried to fight people who who thought it's too high. Um, I do think it's such a fun, fantastic movie. Again, uh, as with most of what Blumhouse does, uh, it's it's great for very little money. It's a great spin on a genre we've we've kind of seen a thousand times before, but it's not crank. Uh, and and I think I think that that might be the slogan of this new sh- of this show. It's not there needs, to be a new, there needs to be a new hashtag for sort of <laughs> discussion where you can just argue. Oh, you know, it's all very interesting. You know, Tarkovsky's used to say, <laughs> but it's not crank. It's not crank. <laughs> um, okay, uh, okay. So I think I think my love is going to move down the list slightly, and this is what I was afraid of. That's fine. Um, technical where she is in front of stall there you go um i think without a doubt again goes above the meg um for me though if it's going above happy death day i'd put it above wayne's world um just because oh, wayne's world wasn't my my cup of tea um no are we are we are we shooting well, that down straight happy, away i'm happy for crank to go as high as you like but i'm also i'm also uh, i'm not i'm not you know we're not all barbarians you know uh, <laughs> could it go no you surely can't go above wayne's world <laughs> Well, I tell you what, you're saying no, not above Wensfold. I'm saying yes. So we'll let Richard, who has all the power on this show oh this week. <laughs> well, I feel like, I feel like, you know what? You know what? You know what? 
I'm going to say yes above Wayne's World purely because some guests will probably next week go, that's madness. Let's put right. it. <laughs> the thing is... The thing let's is have with... one week. Let's have one week of Crank being better than Wayne's World. The problem is <laughs> with the, Crank, the... <laughs> I feel like the only people that will go out their way to watch Crank will love Crank. There's going to be nobody that stumbles across it on like, like film four, is there? That's like... our job here. That's our job here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, well, it's it's you know that crank. Sod it above Wayne's World. Crank is better than Wayne's World. So say, so say all of us. Such a flawed well, concept, this show. Well, <laughs> now we have it officially. Crank is in the top five movies of all time, according yes. to our list. It is. <laughs> Should we go take a look at the list now? Oh, he's not happy. Oh, Richard, he's not happy. It's all right. <laughs> so our top five is now. <laughs> At number one, we have It's room. next to Booksmart. <laughs> At number two, we have Mission Impossible Fallout. At three, we have School of Rock. At four, we have Booksmart. And at five, we have... <laughs> yeah, I think that's a reasonable uh, list. <laughs> now, I wonder, oh, <laughs> I wonder what, how... What's happened to our list? <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm not going to say anything. Uh, we'll let Richard go first on this one. Um, we'll see what Richard says about the 2005 film Constantine. Uh, this is Constantine. Now, um, I'll be honest, I can't remember fully why I don't like this film as a film. It's just that Hellblazer is the best comic book series ever written, and I'm a massive. Uh, fan of Hellblazer and this is an atrocious adaptation of Hellblazer uh, which is set in England and is about a scouse sort of scouse lives in London so he's got sort of a scouse cockney accent who basically is like a bit of a bass who thinks the best magic is lying he was drawn to look like Sting by Alan Moore and it's usually like sort of like it's like a sort of domestic uh, kitchen sink horror it's like a sort of dead man shoesy type vibe to the like Alan Clark and this uh, they turned it into some weird sort of sub Buffy Catholic guilt drama with Keanu Reeves and uh, like and I like Keanu Reeves but not as John Constantine Uh... well I I think you've made your um, your feelings very clear on that one Richard Uh, I'll go next um on this one, I said to to Callum before um, before we watched uh, well before I rewatched it and Callum watched it for the first time. Um, I said one thing you should maybe know before going into this is that I've never I'm, well, I'm literally the only person I I think finds this film okay. I said to Callum there are people that absolutely just despise this movie maybe because of the source material um or you know because of how it is as an adaptation or whatever it may be people just despise it or i know people that have this as their favorite film of all time uh, for me i think it's just literally it's it's okay i'd never want to rewatch it again um but i i think it's it's okay but when it when it comes to our list is it as okay as Ready Player One, Batman and Robin, First Man, Annually Apocalypse, even Lockout? No, I, I think we're looking at maybe the, the lower end um, of this table, and I think Crank is safe for this week. Okay. <laughs> and this week, this podcast, during... yeah. <laughs> It's not Crank, is it? <laughs> it's not Crank. <laughs> Hashtag not Crank. <laughs> so, this film, I'm. So, he- hands up, I don't really like vampire films that much. And this just has made me hate them even more. Keanu Reeves is so bland in it. Like, 
Keanu Reeves is, is basically the nicest guy in, in, in acting today. Maybe next to Jason Statham for you, Richard, but for me, Keanu Reeves is up there. And it's just so dull. I mean, it, it looks it looks like a, a shitty Zack Snyder film, like really grey, really dark. <laughs> Don't, okay, no, I feel like I'm gonna get attacked here. Um, it's just, uh, I mean, the CGI looks all right. For, for its time, I thought the CGI actually kind of held up watching it today. Um, Sheila Booth's in it, just like straight out of Even Stevens kind of era. That was a bit of a double take when I saw him popped up. But for me, it's just, yeah, it, it's so forgettable. I didn't really understand what was happening half the time either. It's just, yeah, I was I was not a fan. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think two things from what um, what Callum's just said. Um, first of all, I, I actually, I don't think the CGI is okay for the time. Um, that, that's the one thing I really, I just... I dislike about this film, but I don't know if that's just because of the era that it was and it was trying to do too much of what it could do. Um, and second of all, um, I forgot what my point was, so I'm glad we're recording this. Um, but it, it, that's, that's, just, that's just how bland I, I find this film. I don't hate it enough to remember what my points are. Um, I think it's okay and I'm kind of bored talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the thing that's like, I think what's disappointing is is that um, obviously this was, this was in the dark times when... Um, you didn't have to do comic book movies properly. Uh, you know, you just buy a, you just buy a title and just sort of do what you like with it. Uh, you know, it's basically this. This is when all the films are basically Blues Brothers two thousand, where you're like, people who don't know what it is, don't aren't going to see it. People who know what it is don't want this. Uh, that's basically what this is when you had like, you know, that's what comic book movies used to be like, the dark times. Uh, but even even like with the TV series, no, but even the TV series where like the guy they've got to do Constantine is great, but it's like. It, you, it's like it can't do it as a PG. You can't make him like a sort of Doctor Who of magic. You can't make him like a sort of. I don't know. Lucifer kind of does it quite well. I I don't mind watching the odd Lucifer episode. I th- I feel like that's like the one vampire kind of like demony thing that I actually enjoy yeah. watching. Whatever it's. Yeah, like. and even that. But even that, it's like it just feels like you're watching Lucifer the movie. It doesn't feel like you're watching. You no, know, like you know, it doesn't feel like. But also, you feel like you're watching it before it went to Netflix, and they could swear and occasionally see someone's bum. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're watching and it's like but you can tell it also you can tell when you watch this that it was obviously the original script was based on the comics because characters say things like i think peter stormer at one point goes oh constantine you and your tricks and you're like there's been no tricks in this movie what <laughs> from the script when constantine was like john constantine from hellblazer not this weird like and it doesn't even matter like it's one of those things where every it's one of those things like being angry about this is like being angry about the Stallone Judge Dredd. It's like <laughs> the fact that he takes his helmet off isn't the reason it's shit. It doesn't help. <laughs> In the same way that Carl Urban keeping his helmet on isn't why that film's great, but it helps. This, like, it doesn't matter that he's American and it's set in America. Just do it like, you know, do a sort of Joe Carnahan-y narc type thing with wizards. That would be great. That's what we want. We don't we just want the tone and the mood to be similar do you know that it's all most of the things in in hellblaze even though there are ghosts and demons and stuff it's not really and it's i mean obviously there's like surreal landscapes and stuff i don't want to pretend that it's not but it's mostly just sort of like him sort of bimbling around pubs and having chats and then sort of dealing with shit and just kind of being a bit of a prick do you know what i mean it's like the best magic is lying that's what you see you know what i mean it's mm. like a thing so it's not like this sort of like, oh, I am an exos. He's not an exos. You know what I mean? It's all this like the spear of death. He's like, what the fuck is all this shit doing? <laughs> you know, that's not all this sort of weird Catholic, like Christian. Like, it's not, that's not, that's not what it is. I mean, yes, there is like, you know, angels and devils and 
but it, and there's like the names, but it's not that kind of. They've just done this proper weird, like sort of shitty Buffy, Buffy the movie as well, Buffy the movie ripoff. Uh, you know, it's yeah. the whole thing. Just I mean, it's like I can't really remember. I, I'm too angry about it being a shit John Constantine Hellblazer movie to really be able to separate that to judge whether it's a good film on its own merits because it's a shit Hellblazer movie. So. <laughs> I mean, one benefit about this film, it's the first film I've seen where Tilda Swinton isn't the worst person in it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they talk, talk because he's the, because uh, obviously like the, you know, the resurgence of love in Keanu Reeves, because, you know, who doesn't love me? the thing, I like Keanu Reeves, but this is terrible. And they're talking about now that he's like, you know, got the John Wick, I can do whatever I like because everyone loves me because I'm John Wick. And they're like, let's get him back as John Constantine. I'm like, yeah, let's get. If you want to like John Wick this up, I'm up for like said in America. Let's get Keanu Reeves back. Let's have him back in fist fighting and like John Wick on some demons. I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> like like either do it properly or do it well. <laughs> like now, I think the thing for me, just going back to my reception to when I first watched it, it's going back to um, as well what Richard was saying um, a little while ago, where this was in that period where where comic book adaptations, graphic novel novel adaptations didn't have to be good because it's certainly not the the, the juggernaut um, genre that it is uh, today. But the problem is this film had followed; it got released in two thousand and five, so it came it came out around the same time or after X Men, X Men Two, Batman Begins, and so people that were fans of that genre actually had something to latch on to that took them seriously. This feels like it's it's taken the piss out of me watching it <laughs> because I don't I don't really see. I know it's probably the most offensive thing you can say to a filmmaker, but I don't see the the love and affection for either the material or for the the, the people that appreciate the material. That's what I get when I'm watching this, and it kind of feels like they're trying to piss all over me. Yeah, it feels like as well, it's like, I mean, if the director's got on to do, I think he's done like loads of the Hunger Games movies and stuff like that, you know, like Red Sparrow and stuff like that. So he's not like, you know, he's like, he can direct, but mm -hmm. like this is one of, this looks like, again, it's one of those, like, we want, we just need a movie made. And it's like, you know, like we don't care, you know, just make it like PG, it PG-13, it's about demons. Well, you know, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Into a bar and everyone, because I think there's a thing with Peter. There's, I think reading that, I think Peter Stormar, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Stormar, Stormare. Uh, he was like, his original costume idea was going to be like leather trousers, bare shirt, and as like a sort of a, you know, a necklacey thing. And you're like, exactly, that's exactly, but that's exactly the mentality of people making this movie. They don't, they sort of think that they just sort of think them, it's basically like an Evervescence video. It's like an Evervescence <laughs> video, like emo for people who don't even it's like at least at least at least do a rob zombie rip off don't do a fucking everbessence music video yeah yeah <laughs> like give it some like you know and it can be you know we've seen from the x-men movies that you can do a solid like 12a and it still be mm -hmm. like pretty like full-on intelligent action bit of plot everyone's got some acting to do doesn't have to be a 15 or an eight. You haven't got a Deadpool it to just make these things interesting. You can do a 12A and do it well, but they just didn't in this. It's just, you know. Yeah, so. So, <laughs> so I presume we're looking at the last page. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, should we? Should we take a look at the, um, the bottom part of the list there? Um, so. Well, it's no Hubie Halloween, I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> So I guess the question is, is it better or worse than Zombieland Double Tap? I think that's a, a pretty straightforward question. Well, I mean... It's more forgettable. The thing is, Zombieland Double Tap is 
sort of possibly worse because it's actually like like I mean, but actually it's not because that's like that by being a sequel that's terrible. It's like being a bad adaptation. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's possibly. I mean, it's either side of Zombieland for me. Okay. Okay. Because I don't. I feel like it can't go above Hubie Halloween, but I don't. You know. It, also, I can't put it above Lockout, which we've. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just uh, think for me. Like I'd rather go back and watch Zombieland Double Tap than ever see this film again. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's what's going on in my head. Like if I've got to choose which one I want to see again, I mean, yeah. I think personally I'd rather go and see the personal history of David Copperfield before yeah. I saw this again. I mean, uh, cool. I, I mean, Lynch could just if we could just solve all our problems, we could just cast Jason Statham as John Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> just like crank three constantly. <laughs> 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 Um, I, I, for me, it goes at the bottom of the list below the personal history of David Copperfield for two reasons. Um, one, the personal history of David Copperfield uh, mentions Dover. That's where we live. Um, and uh, um, wow. second of all, um, I, I did find Hugh Laurie. Um, I, I, I found him. I just loved him um, in the personal history of David Copperfield. I don't think I loved anything about Constantine. So um, for me, it's going at the bottom of the list, which I guess technically um, pushes Hubie Halloween be... up a little bit more as well. Hubie! So. <laughs> this list is something else now. <laughs> the thing is, though, I'm so glad this has happened because these are films that I don't think I would have watched regardless, and now it's really kind of given a, a little bit of spice to our, li- to our, to our list. <laughs> So we now have a, uh, a top 23 films of all lists. And if we start with the um, the back end, let's go through this new updated list. So at the bottom, we we have... Um, I won't go through all the films individually, but let's just uh, make a few things of note here. Um, we have a new bottom of the list today, which is Constantine. And Hubie Halloween has jumped from, what, 21st all the way up to 19th. Um, that's, that's had a great day. Um, so... <laughs> So there you go. Um, so if we go to the top 20. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Lockout. That's how much I forgot about that movie. I forgot to mention it. Um, uh, Lockout, Lockout is um, is our new number 17. Uh, and I, th- I think that's 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 right. Um, it's not the worst movie we've spoken about today by any means. Um, it's it's OK. Um, but if we go to the top five movies, we have a wow. top five list. So uh, at number one, we have Room. Number two, Mission Impossible Fallout. At number three, School of Rock. And number four, Booksmart. Um, Wayne's World has gone down to number six to make way. <laughs> for what we've um, heard today as possibly being the greatest movie of all time Jason Statham's Crank (laughs) can we just appreciate that Crank is now four spaces above Soul the the lovely little Pixar film that came out of Christmas (laughs) it should have had more swearing and fighting in it (laughs) It should have been a Jason Statham in it, is basically... Basically, all these films would be better. You know, every single film we've mentioned <laughs> that we didn't like, if Jason Statham had been in it, it would have been brilliant, because that's that's how great Jason Statham is. That is definitely oh. another podcast where we just rate it if Jason Statham was in it, and <laughs> yeah. we redo the whole list. Yeah. How great would Batman and Robin have been with Jason Statham? In? I think he'd be in his element now. He definitely would have um, been Robin, now... though. He would have been Robin, right? Not Batman. He... Jason Statham would have been Robin, surely. Mr. Freeze, obviously. <laughs> for, um, he's got the scowl, hasn't he, for Batman? You know, he's got the sort of, oh, I'm Batman. 
<laughs> Cockney Batman. We, oh, I'd, I'd... Or just Norbit oh. it and play all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Just bring back Time oh. and have Statham be all the, all, the, all the family members who get killed. <laughs> well, that has been a, um, a thoroughly interesting episode. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how I'm going to feel about this list next week when we've had a um, chance to take a break from the list and we come back. We're like, oh, Crank's still up there. Um, but that, <laughs> that was... Might be moving down a couple of places, I reckon. Get Crank up there. Get Crank it up. <laughs> well, Richard, you'd have to come back and and do just that. Just single-handedly sabotage oh this list. Every two, three months, if I could come back on just so I can move Crank up two places. Like... <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need to pad this list before then. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that has been um, thoroughly enjoyable. Thank you for coming on, um, Richard. Uh, is there anything that you're working on? Anything that you'd like to? Anything you'd like to talk about? Anything you'd like to plug before we send you on your merry way? Only uh, you can. Um, if you Google me, you'll find me. I'm the only Richard Sandling. But uh, during the first lockdown, I made a feature film uh, on like via Zoom, entirely on Zoom, uh, which you can get from Vimeo on demand. It's called Phase, and it's got lots of. Uh, British comedians in it and I'm in it and I sort of you know so writing directing producing editing do the music it's basically a uh, it's basically everyone loves a sort of ill-advised uh, you know, vanity project <laughs> uh, but that was how I coped with the first lockdown was by freaking out and making a movie which you can now uh, watch so I would wholeheartedly recommend you watch Phase it's very good you will enjoy it it does uh, do exactly what they said earlier where it uh, zips along at a pace because if you're going to have 90 minutes of people just talking on Zoom you can't <laughs> You have to just get the fuck on with it. And it does. It's very good. It's got dance routines, songs, singing. There's like, it's, it's oh, it's very exciting. It's, it's, it's something for everyone. Something for everyone. Jason uh, Statham? No, but I do, <laughs> do name checking. So, uh, <laughs> of course you do. Of course I do. <laughs> but yeah, phase. Watch phase. Watch phase. Thank you. And obviously, support this podcast uh, and this video and, you know, all the things that we've <laughs> So yeah, um, oh, I, I, I'm always asked our guests at the end: Is it a flawed idea this podcast? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yes, but that's the joy of it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like flawed. Like if it wasn't for flawed people, you know, <laughs> basically what you've got here is you've got a Tony Scott production, which is better than a Ridley Scott production. <laughs> so uh, you're Tony Scott. That's what you want to be. You don't want to be Ridley Scott. That's boring. Uh, be Tony Scott, which is what you are. Keep being Tony Scott. <laughs> cool. Perfect. <laughs> a great way to end the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on, Richard. That's been uh, great fun. Um, that's been Callum as always. I've been Brad. Until next time. See you later. Bye-bye.